Thank you for downloading this episode of our podcast. Hi, and welcome to the podcast for Solomon Staircase Masonic Lodge number 357, where we talk about all things related with Freemasonry, including Hermetic teachings, philosophy, reason, spirituality, and much more. We're located in Buena Park, Southern California. Tune in as we continue to update our podcast with informative talks and articles for Masons worldwide and those who would like to inquire within. So these next couple of articles I'm going to read are from the July 1999 Scottish Rite Journal of Freemasonry, Southern Jurisdiction, USA. And part of the reason I'm choosing these two is because how often I've had discussions at my home lodge about the fact that we need to get more members. And there's plenty of other articles that talk about, you know, prospects, not members, or masons, not members. And I think it's a great discussion that every lodge needs to have. But regardless, I think one thing we're seeing in a lot of areas is that membership is declining. So I wanted to share a couple of articles, and this first one is called Workmen, Good, and True by Daniel L. Jensen, 32nd Degree. A new generation of men seeks the values Freemasonry offers. Warning, warning, warning! The National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Service cautions a major alert is issued for... Most of us have heard such announcements on the radio or seen them on the bottom of our television screens. Generally, preferring the show we are watching, we view these warnings as annoyances unless we are directly affected. I fear many brethren absorbed in their usual Masonic activities will be caught totally by surprise when they finally realize that a similar alert is applicable to our craft today. They are content, despite declining numbers, with the present membership of their lodge or temple. Tragically, they fail to realize that there are men within our communities who are eager to petition the craft and, as importantly, to become active in our labors. Recently, I was present at a conferral of the Master Mason's degree upon a young man of 30 years of age. Not that uncommon, you say. True. We have on occasion seen such young men raised in our lodges over the years. However, this young man was given the lecture of the degree flawlessly by another young man raised in the very same lodge only one year earlier. A few weeks later, I listened as a petition was submitted by a 21-year-old. No, his father was not a Mason, nor his grandfather, his uncle, nor any known relative. That was not the motivation to become associated with us. His reason? He was impressed with what the fraternity had done because it aided him via a scholarship to secure an education. Following that, in another lodge, a petition for yet another young man, age 27, was referred to the Committee on Investigations. Why did this young man seek to ally himself with our craft and not any of the many other men's organizations in our town? His answer was simple. I wish to establish friendships with men in an organization where I do not have to compromise my moral and ethical views. All too often we hear how masonry contains nothing for the younger generation, the so-labeled X generation, which nowadays you might say millennials. Supposedly the ritual work intimidates today's man and prevents him from joining. Not so. I recently studied the results of a nationwide survey of the X generation, and one fact stood out. A large number of those polled clearly renounced the morals and actions of the previous generation, the so-called love generation. They rejected anarchical rebellion, loose morals, and feel-good attitudes. In contrast, they desire another lifestyle, more like that of their grandfathers, one based on a reverence for God and country, one built slowly with respect for things proven and true. These values lend themselves most handily to something else built on reverence and respect, 
our beloved fraternity. The upcoming generation acknowledges the wisdom of George Santayana. Those who do not remember the past are doomed to relive it. They have no such intention. Key within this realization is that it will not be easy. It will require work. Those three young men I noted earlier, who recently embarked on their personal Masonic journey, likewise realize it will not be a cakewalk. They know very well what will be required of them to labor among us. The men they approached told them how to become Masons, not how to join a club. They know coaches and mentors will instruct them. They know their instruction will not stop upon being raised. They know learning about Freemasonry and living as a Freemason lasts a lifetime. This is neither conjecture nor false propaganda. It is fact. I know the Mason who counseled that 27-year-old to lead our fraternity in the millennium ahead. He realizes, as we all should, that there are men in our towns and cities begging to find an association of like-minded men who stand for something and do much more than just slap each other on the back, have a good time, and accomplish very little, if anything. Many young people today value loyalty, want purpose, and desire a worthwhile challenge. These are exactly what Freemasonry offers. We must not short-circuit the power our craft can deliver. When a Mason remains true to the promises he made in Lodge, vows to learn, to subdue his passions, to improve himself, he will be able to serve his God and his fellow man, and so enhance his own personal, ethical, and spiritual development. If the craft works as it should, the brother, his family, his place of worship, and his community will benefit, and our fraternity will flourish. This will not happen in one weekend or one year, but it will happen if we build our ranks with workmen good and true, men of solid moral quality who are seeking the wisdom and achievement we offer. These men exist. Let us set such an example that they will seek us out and, and, with us, carry the fraternity beyond today's warning signals to get higher accomplishments and prestige in the new millennium. So this next article is called Freemasonry's Choice to Live by illustrious Joe R. Manning, Jr., 33rd degree. As long as Masonry meets the real needs, including ritual, of prospective members, it will prosper. We are not alone. Travel back a hundred years in America to any town or city, any night except Sunday, you would have seen lighted windows downtown, usually in the upper stories of the buildings. Flickering shadows cast by gaslight or kerosene lamps crossed and recrossed the window shades as men in colorful costumes engaged in rituals of their secret societies, of which there were hundreds. The Masons were the largest, of course, but then there were the Odd Fellows, the Improved Order of Red Men, Knights of Pythias, Knights of Columbus, Knights of Honor, Knights of Karasin, the Knights of Labor, and many, many more. None of these were truly secret societies, of course, although they almost all used that title. A truly secret society tries to hide the fact that it exists and certainly conceals the identity of its members. These secret societies appeared in parades, owned buildings identified with signs for their meetings, and participated in many public events from funerals to picnics. Even though it was not that long ago, it is hard for most of us today to realize just how important these societies, especially masonry, were in America at the turn of the century. Consider this. In the early 1900s, nearly one of every four white males in America over the age of 25 was a member of the Masons. That is a larger percentage than belonged to any single denomination or even political party. Freemasonry was the largest organization in America. Today, of course, the vast majority of these organizations are long gone and of interest only to historians and sociologists. Masonry has hung on, but that's about the best we can say at the moment. If the same percentage of the population of Oklahoma belonged to Masonry today, 
As at the turn of the century, we would have more than 340,000 members in Oklahoma alone. That is 10 times the actual membership today. Since people do not join voluntary organizations which do not meet their needs in some way, another way to say the same thing is that at the turn of the century, we met the needs of one man in four. Now we meet the needs of one man in 40. We have become, in the words of a recent article in Time, almost quaint. What happened? It is popular to say masonry's decline is the fault of the world. Men just don't believe in integrity anymore. Movies and television keep them at home. People are just too busy. These are at best cop-outs. Men have always been busy, and they have always found time to do the things that meet their needs. TV may keep the elderly in at night, but it doesn't keep the man in his 30s, 40s, or 50s in at night. Sometimes in the 1940s and 1950s, we stopped meeting the needs of many men. We coasted for a while, but the coast is over. We meet the needs of the 5% of the Masonic population, which enjoys memorizing and doing ritual, which is now almost the exclusive activity of most Masonic lodges. We are not meeting the needs of the 95% of our members, nor the needs of 99.5% of the general population. The needs have not changed. Masonry changed. We oriented almost exclusively on ritual. As long as we spent some time meeting other needs as well, men joined. When we stopped, membership stopped. What are some of the needs we were used to meet and must meet again if we intend to survive, even prosper? 1. Practical Leadership Training I don't mean formal courses in how to lead. What we used to offer was far more effective. Young men learned leadership by watching community leaders, who were also lodge members, work. They learned how to appoint and manage effective committees by being appointed to committees which actually had responsibilities and did things. They learned conflict resolution by watching lodge leaders resolve conflicts. The sharpest, most skilled men in town led the lodge. The young man learned those skills and took his place as the leader of the next generation. Only one who views masonry today through eyes eyes undimmed by reality could claim we still offer the same thing. 2. Business Connections It is true that masonry is not to be used for business. It is also true that men knew they could trust fellow masons, not to give them a better deal, but to give them a fair and honest deal. Virtually all the professions were represented in the lodge. 3. Financial and Emotional Security Especially in a time before government safety nets, this was a critical consideration. A man knew as a fact that his widow and orphans would not starve if he were a mason. That assurance is still important today. Starvation is not a fear, but how much would it add to the comfort of a young man if he knew, past any question, as he used to know, that if something happened to him, the lodge would watch over his family, offering guidance when it was needed and being a substitute father to his children. Many younger men are in lodge today because the Masons were simply there when they were growing up, taking them to father-son games and banquets, and being there when they needed someone to talk to. 4. True Fellowship National surveys still list this as the top need of young men in the 35-45 to age category. This should be the need we are best equipped to handle. But ask the painful question. If a man's idea of fellowship is not sitting in a lodge school and being corrected, sometimes with ridicule, If he steps off on the wrong foot, just how much of our fellowship do we offer him in our lodges? We have slipped quite a bit, but we can still recover our balance. We can recapture what we had. It will not be easy. We will have to fight not only the misinformation of the anti-Masons and the almost complete ignorance about Masonry of the general population. We will also have to fight those in the fraternity who are perfectly willing to let Masonry die, so long as it doesn't change in their lifetimes. Unfortunately, our window of opportunity is not as long as their lifetimes.
but we can do it. It just takes the commitment of each of us. If we are determined, masonry will meet the needs of young men again. And if it does that, it will thrive. If it does not, we will be one of the order of red men and the modern woodmen of the world, and we will deserve it. Life belongs to those who choose to live. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a comment. We enjoy hearing from our listeners. If you really like what you heard, share this podcast with your friends and lodge members. Visit us online at solomonstaircase.org.